0: God is like the sun. You cannot always look at it, but without it, you cannot look at anything else. The way we find ourselves is by staring into the sun. Hey there. Welcome. This is Dr. Rob Gibson, and I welcome you to another episode of Staring into the Sun podcast today. My brother's gone again. He's still out on his sabbatical, it's just me today, and uh, here I am, aiming to talk about matters of the head and heart, to see what truths can be found there. And today I'm going to share uh, some specific uh, information from, from my practice and from psychology about what to do about feelings. Uh, first, uh, just a few logistics. So uh, uh, Pastor John, is, uh, he's, in, he's in the, the backcountry of Wisconsin, uh, continuing his sabbatical, and so thoughts and prayers are still with him. He'll be back here in the next week, and then we'll we'll be recording together again. And so you'll get to hear more from both of us as we proceed there. Um, also, just want to encourage you, um, if you've liked what you've been listening to, I encourage you to subscribe, uh, follow us on uh, socials, share. <clears throat> we also have an email address that you can contact, contact us at Staring Into the Sun podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you questions you might have for content areas for us to cover, things like that. We're definitely interested in interacting with those of you who are listening. Um, so yeah, I want to keep providing content that's useful to you. So I uh, really appreciate you taking the time to join us. So today I wanted to speak a bit from my um, practice and psychotherapy. I do this oh, just about all day, every day. And one of the con concerns that I help people with all the time is what to do about my feelings. <clears throat> uh, emotions, such a major part of life, um, they give us such um, variety of information, but they can also be such a source of difficulty and pain and problems. And so today I just want to give you some practical input on how to think about uh, what your emotions are and what they do for you, and then also what to do with them uh, in order to be effective. Um, So we'll we'll start at the very beginning. So I've talked about this some before, but uh, first of all, what are emotions and why do we have them? Um, I think uh, emotions, we we tend to think of them more in the realm of heart instead of head, because oftentimes the place where we feel emotions tends to be in the center of us, whether it's intensity and tension with anger or like a dropping empty feeling with sadness or or like a frantic uh, elevated feeling. With panic, we tend to feel it in our in the center of our body, where we tend to maybe feel core temperature and heart rate and things like that. Um, but the, the truth is, we have a complicated interaction between our you know the rest of our body and our brain in reaction to the environment around us. So, take any emotion. Let's just take a very simple one like fear. So, you're walking out in a street and a bus is coming at you. Um, we we have emotions in order to help us act very quickly, um, because if we simply just relied on um, the uh, the reason and processing centers of our brain that think through details and logic, we would just be far too slow. Bus is coming at you. You take the time to think about how fast it's going and. Maybe think back to you know, high school math, uh, rate of speed, um, uh, distance traveled, um, velocity, uh, things like that. Um, that's just way too slow. You get hit by the bus if it's going to hit you. Your emotions are there to help you very quickly assess a situation. Am I in danger? Am I at risk? Or is something threatening me or something I care about? And then it generates a lot of physical energy for very quick action. In the case of the bus, it's jumping out of the way right? So your emotions are there to help cue you to information around you very quickly, especially in regard to threat and danger or conversely to success, uh, positive things that are occurring, uh, competence. You also get uh, pretty quick emotional feedback around something like, um, you know, some, you know, say you share something vulnerable with somebody and they are they're affirming and supportive and kind, you might get quick reactions of, uh, like feeling uh, warm, feeling uh, positive, feeling relieved, something like that. That's meant to be very quick feedback to you on how your interaction is going with your environment. So we have this very um, uh, ingrained um, process within our bodies and our brains that happens very quickly. Often unconsciously, um, often it's rooted in the history of our experiences with the world as well, not just our present ones. And so you have this very quick process that's meant to give you helpful, energetic feedback to how you should respond to the environment around you. Now, if any of you out there listening is a human, which I'm hoping all of you are, you'll know that this doesn't always work. This does not always function real well uh, for a variety of reasons. Maybe the emotion is so overwhelming that we can't function. Uh, Maybe the emotion actually causes more problems around us than helps us. It might be a variety of things. Um, uh, Another complicating factor is... uh, Uh, Depending on your genetics and your personality, you might experience a a varying level of intensity of your emotions as well. I work with a lot of people who for all their life, the the volume on their emotions has been turned up to like a seven or an eight. And what that means is they're getting a lot of internal feedback that they have to process often. Other people might make judgments about them being out of control or dramatic or overwhelming, um, manipulative, things like that. And the reality is, is what you start with, your base starting materials of your body and your brain are given to you. Um, They're not something you decided, and so depending on you and your genetics and your personality, uh, you might have very high volume of emotion, which might give you a lot of feedback about your relationships with the environment around you, or you might be someone who has very low levels of emotionality, and that doesn't always work so well either because people might think of you as cold, uncaring, unimpacted, unempathic, things like that, so You come with the material you have. And what I want to offer you today is a strategy for approaching your feelings to help you have some uh, empowerment to utilize them, to not hate them, uh, and to make good use of them so that you're effective. Um, Because... uh, A common myth um, that I've seen uh, over my time working with people and observing people is that individuals who have intense emotions and express them intensely tend to be viewed uh, negatively, like they're out of control, less rational, less reasonable, things like that. And that someone who is calm, collected, um, appears rational, tends to be viewed as the person who's in control. The person who's wiser, the person who's more capable, and uh, the facts just don't bear this out. Um, the, you know, you can tell uh, what's happening by the fruit that is borne out by uh, somebody's behavior. And so, somebody could be calm and collected, and also be very controlling or dominating or uncaring. Someone could be very uh, intensely emotional, but also very capable and in control. Um, so. Uh, what I would encourage is moving beyond um, biases and stigmas around emotions and them either being bad or good in one direction or the other, but to view them as this is essential to being a person. Uh, when we talk about the head and the heart being a, like being a part of what it means to be a human, having emotions is a part of that. It is just it is essential and it is a part of who we are, and so instead of stigmatizing them, just saying, this is what's happening. And now I need to be skillful at addressing it and approaching it. So I'm going to walk you through a bit of a strategy for what to do with feelings as you have them. This helps uh, enhance your confidence and your competence in dealing with them, which will help improve your your competence in engaging with the world. So here's a general uh, way I like to think. I like to, I'm going to start with a story. So this will help illustrate. So say you uh, happen to be, um, maybe hypothetically you're one of my patients, and you come into my office, and we have you know, a pretty solid first session. And uh, at the end of the session, I uh, before you walk out, I say, hey, just so you know, after leaving my office, there's going to be, because it's already there, a human-eating lion is just out in the waiting room, just so you know. And you look at me, and you're thinking, oh, my God my goodness are you you can't be serious and of course you peek your head out and it's actually there okay now immediately your body is going to give you feedback you're going to feel afraid right because there's a lion and you're also going to feel confused like why did this person do this and so as a result of that fear you run down the hall out the other exit and the lion doesn't see you and you're okay okay in that situation your emotion was both valid Uh, It was understandable and worthy of attention, and it was also right. It was correct because the situation matched with the feeling you were having. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, say you decide to come back, which honestly I don't know why you would because I would have fired me. However, say um, you're feeling particularly generous and you return. You come back for another session. And at the end of the session, I, you know, before I open the door, I say, hey, just a heads up, the lion's back there, just so you know. Your body, because of past experience, is going to immediately generate several types of feelings. One of them is probably fear again, because that would make sense. Another is probably going to be something like anger or disgust with me, because I've misled and lied to you again. Now, in this situation, one of those feelings is justified and the other is not. Okay. Because in this situation, the second session, the lion isn't actually there. It's there's nothing in the waiting room, it's completely safe, but you don't know it yet. Okay. So in this situation, your disgust and anger with me is completely justified, and I would say it would be wise to act on that emotion, to you know, confront me, to uh, get as far away from me as possible, um, to not see me again, perhaps to make a complaint against me, something like that, because that's uh, pretty terrible. So that emotion is justified and warrants action to solve that problem. However, with the lion not being in the waiting room, the fear... Even though it's understandable given past experience and warrants attention and compassion, it's also wrong. Now, that can be hard to hear, right? It can be hard to hear, my feeling is wrong. If if you think back to a time when you've been in a conflict with uh, someone you're close to and they tell you, no, what you're feeling is wrong, it it can be really invalidating and rejecting. It can say, I don't care about what you're feeling. And this often happens in couple relationships where someone's having a feeling about uh, the way the person is interacting with them. And they're asking the question, do you love me? Do you care about this feeling I have? Where the other person is still in logic and detail land. And they're saying, but wait a minute, that thing didn't happen how you perceived it. And if I could just convince you that it happened differently, you would feel differently about me. But actually what it does is it tells the person who's hurt, you don't care about what I'm feeling. And that makes it worse and generates more conflict. So in these scenarios, we can have a feeling that makes sense and is valid and warrants attention and could be wrong. I'm going to offer several points of direction here. First is for you, the individual that has the feeling. And then second, I'll talk about in the context of couples... What we might do with that as well. So, and starting with self, it, it, the, the sooner you can wake up, the better. Now, it's hard to wake up to having a feeling because everything about feelings tells us to act automatically and implicitly first and then check later. However, in a lot of situations, especially relationship interactions, except for ones that are dangerous, of course, but a lot of complex relational interactions, we need more facts. We need to know what's happening. So, waking up and noticing, oh, I'm feeling a feeling, that's a really important practice. Just getting skill at saying, oh, I'm feeling a feeling. What is it that I'm feeling? So, that's the first question to ask. What am I feeling? and I, I recommend taking a moment to access it if you can where where do i feel it in my body what am i thinking about when i feel this what word would i give to this feeling is it disgust is it sadness is it hurt is it hurt? my feeling okay then after you answer that question the next very important question is why am i feeling this what's causing it and and there i have to access the part of my brain that will think about details and and reason and logic, and that's really important to be effective. And so, asking myself, "Why am I feeling this? What am I causing it? What's causing my feeling?" Now, because of the way emotions work, your brain will offer you um, some some very clear cut interpretations already based on your experience, and they'll be connected to the intensity of the emotion, and usually they err on the side of leaning towards whatever's negatively. Uh, valence. So leaning towards negative interpretations because that tends to manage risk the most effectively in the short term. So, but we need to ask ourselves why, why, and what are the facts in the situation? And we need to push beyond our initial interpretations and go through the details. In the case I mentioned, uh, I need to open the door and look out and see, is the lion there? i need to get information and not just take it at your word that you're telling me it is i need to get the real facts of the scenario so the first question is what am i feeling the second question is why why am i feeling it what's causing this the third very important question is is my feeling right okay is my feeling right does it match the situation okay because the answer to that question has major impact on what you decide to do next. Okay, if you say uh, say you were planning to meet uh, someone you care about for lunch, and they're twenty minutes late, and they w- they're walking up, and you're feeling hurt and anger, and What your brain tells you is they don't care about you. That's why they're late. And what's about to come out of your mouth is I can't believe you're late again. You totally don't care about me. I don't want to do this again. Now, if you are correct and they don't care about you, then that's actually an effective course of action. However, if you don't have all the facts and you're wrong, you risk hurting the relationship and having someone actually be close to you, which is what your hurt is about. You need someone who cares about you close to you. So, asking the question, what's causing this, and am I right, would lead to some questions first. What happened? I notice you're late. What happened? What's going on? And if the facts are, oh my goodness, you know, I got a flat tire on the way, and I, I, I made the mistake of forgetting to charge my phone so I couldn't call you. It's been a crazy time. I'm so sorry. That would influence what you're feeling, It might move you out of anger and hurt and into compassion and would give you a different response to that person that would retain the relationship, right? So asking myself the question, am I right, is really important, okay? And so from there, naturally, you have a yes and a no path. Now, admittedly, lots of situations are complex and they take a fair amount of time to sort out the information. However... We can often get to a, yes, I'm correct, no, I'm wrong, or I need more information, okay? So, if it turns out that I'm right, yes, my emotion is correct, then your next step is, well, then then the facts on the ground are the problem. I need to begin to solve this problem. If my emotion is right and uh, you lied to me about a lion being in the waiting room, I need to solve this problem. I need to not be working with someone who's going to be lying to me. So I need to solve that problem. I need to change the situation and then my emotion will improve. It will change. It will stabilize. Okay. So that requires, you know, thinking, engaging with other people to help generate solutions, exploring effective solutions, uh, trying to be creative because oftentimes they're complicated problems. They're not simple problems to solve, but the end target would be solving the problem. If I go the no direction and I say, no, my emotions are not right, well, then I've got something else to consider, which is my feelings are wrong and I need to be able to do something else. Well, a good place to start is to act differently than what you're feeling. Now, this can feel maybe like you're faking, but a good example of this might be you know, if, if, I, if I'm on a diving board and I feel terrified that I'm going to die when I jump in, but I've looked down and I've seen there's water in the pool and that it's deep enough, and I've also checked the facts and know that I know how to swim, then the proper course of action is acting opposite to my terror. My terror would tell me to get down. But if I want to be competent and open up my bounds of what I'm capable of, then I need to act opposite to that feeling, which is to approach with courage. Now, That doesn't mean that I'll feel courageous or that I'll feel calm and at ease, but that I want to act opposite to whatever the emotion urge that I have is that's wrong. So if my urge is to walk down, then I want to approach competently. If in the situation with my friend, then they're late, my urge is to tell them off and not talk to them anymore. I need to have, maybe I don't need to behave like I love them, but I need to have like a calm or a neutral curiosity. Instead of anger, I need to be more neutral. Hey, what's going on? So there you have it. So you've got, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? Am I right? And if I'm right, then I want to try to work on solving the problem that's causing the feeling. If I'm wrong, I need to work on acting differently to what I'm feeling, working on accepting the situation. So now I want to transition to talking about how, how might this relate to a, a couple's interaction, uh, the, the one I mentioned before. <clears throat> so you're in the scenario where, where one person's focus on generating accurate facts results in invalidation of the other person and then they feel hurt. One recommendation here, if we understand what feelings are about and how they work, is a two-step process. And I think of children most often when I think of this. You know, if you have a kid, uh, you know, that has hurt themselves, and maybe you saw it happen and they actually aren't really all that hurt, the facts would say they're actually okay. But they're feeling hurt. And they come up to you and they, they cry and they communicate to you that they're in pain. The proper reaction is not, shut up, you idiot. You're fine. Go take care of it. That will make the child feel uncared for, invalidated, like they don't matter. And that will cause them complications in how they understand how to sort through their feelings, how to navigate the environment, how to navigate their relationship with you, right? That's not the right way to go. The right way to go is first, oh my goodness, show me what happened. I'm so sorry. And showing that I care about the pain. Usually that's like looking at their hand or their head. And then uh, often maybe there's like if they're totally fine, you know, you do opposite action to being in pain. If the action when you're in terrible danger and pain is to go to the hospital, instead I'm going to kiss you maybe on the hand to help soothe it and then going to gently redirect your attention somewhere else to act opposite to that pain, right? We still remain the same as adults. The situations are more complicated, but we still have feelings that need tended to even when we're wrong. And when we're right. So, the first step when there's emotion, if anybody can do this and can be awake to do this, it's first to say, okay, I want to give you attention and show you that I care about what you feel, even if I still disagree with why you feel it. Okay? Because you'll never get to the why until you give some care to the what's happening, to the how. Okay? You won't get to the why until you care for the how. So first, care for the how. I care for how you're feeling. I see that you're really hurting because of what happened and because of what I said. I'm so sorry that you're in pain and I want you to know I care about it. That's number one. And then once we've had a chance to be soothed and we're able to engage, then it's, hey, can we, can we talk about what happened and try to sort through it? Would you like to hear from me what I was thinking when I said that? Would you like to hear from me what I meant? I want to go through that with you. Then you can talk about Logistics what often happens is when a person's in pain and someone else is talking about logistic, they're hearing a message. Your feelings don't matter to me. I don't care about you. And that flat out might not be true, but it's what what they hear in the interaction. So step one is to first say, hey, I see you're in pain. I care about your pain. And then after that's been tended to, there's been time for emotions to re-regulate. The, pers- the person can reactivate and re-engage with other parts of their brain that help them sort through facts and logic. Then say, hey, can we talk about what happened? Can you Are you at a place where you can hear from me and we can sort it out? And then if we can actually look at the facts, then we can begin to understand what generated the feelings and what to do about it. And you could probably do that first process I mentioned. Go right down through the list. What happened? What am I feeling? Why am I feeling that way? Am I correct? And just go through the process. Okay, so I think that's a fair bit of a summary. Um, I, I I use these skills a lot. Uh, I try to use them in my personal life. But it's it's harder than it sounds. I can make it sound pretty clear and pretty simple in in uh, when I'm teaching it to somebody. But actually doing it is uh, much more complicated. and so. Uh, but I work to use this in my own life and I teach it to people just about every day. And it's an incredibly useful way to uh, have some empowerment uh, with your feelings instead of hating them or being afraid of them or viewing them as facts that dominate everything. Having a, an approach to them that says, you're important to me and also I need to check you out and figure out what, what you actually mean and if you're correct. So, all right, well, I would encourage you to, to give it a try. Um, uh, and, and see how it goes. And of course, these are just general guidelines. Um, uh, I would always recommend when you have specific problems and needs, speaking with uh, a professional that you've you've contracted with, that you've agreed to meet with, and, and have an actual therapy relationship with, to to sort out the actual practical application. Because there's bumps in the road, there's ways that it becomes difficult to implement. It doesn't always work because we might be stuck somewhere. But in general, this is a this is a good practice to begin to employ and see where the errors are and try to improve them. So thanks for listening today. I hope uh, you give some renewed attention to your emotions, give them some respect and some love, but also a healthy dose of uh, open criticism, not in the form of negative criticism, but just being willing to critique them and ask, are you right or not? And uh, I think you'll find some uh, increased empowerment and utility from using them uh, effectively. So thanks for listening. Uh, Again, I hope you'll take time to subscribe and share and uh, also engage with us. um, Give us some input on topics you'd like us to cover in the future that would be most useful to you. And so in the meantime, I wish you grace and I wish you peace. Until the next time you join us as me and next time my brother, continue staring into the sun. The way we find ourselves is by staring into the sun.